to Write That Down, hosted by Jacob Novak and myself, Nate Ulrich. This is a podcast where two everyday creative people try to break through the noise and do creative things. Today, we're helping each other out in a new segment we call Project Therapy. We're discussing projects that we're conceptualizing, writing, or about to click export on. We'll return to this format every now and again as we talk each other through our processes or even the finer details we're still working out. Anyways, let's get into it. All right, Nate, here we are. Project Therapy Session 1. I am ready to pour my heart out to you (laughs) on these projects that I may be making progress on, but may be at a stalemate and have been at for the past year. Uh, So, yeah, we're just going to talk each other through projects that we're going to shoot, are about to shoot, or are just writing or conceptualizing right now. So, Nate, why don't you lay on me what your first project is? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, I'm excited for therapy, uh, project therapy session one. This is this is a good one. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. I have a wedding. I do have a wedding. I'm newly engaged, but I am shooting a wedding, uh, filming a wedding with a buddy uh, coming up in October. And I know we have a little, you know, quite a ways out, but uh, that's sort of the first project that's coming to mind for this freelance gig. And um, this is going to be a fall wedding. Mm. It's a barn wedding. Ooh. I have all of my gear set and ready. And I've actually shot in this. Um, I filmed a video in this uh, venue already. And so I have a good lay of the land. And mm. it's very, I'm, I'm very excited for the fall fo- foliage. Uh, and, and I'm really looking forward to this wedding. But there's a lot of prepping and planning that, that has to go into it. Um, and sure. And so that's sort of, you know, it's months out. Uh, and yet I'm already starting to start to figure out uh, my my plan for, for the day. Sure. Now, Nate, let me ask you this. How many weddings have you shot? Like, do you know that number or is it to the point where you, you can't even tell you what it is uh, anymore? No, no, it's definitely uh, I definitely know the number. I think in total, I think I've only done maybe five or six. OK. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're still f- fairly new to the wedding uh, videography business, you know, side of things for for our little production company. But sure, um, we 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 love doing the weddings because it's such a special day, uh, and we get to sort of capture the most important parts and and the parts that will hopefully will make you know the bride and groom cry twenty years later when they rewatch it, right? <laughs> and so so that's sort of a powerful thing that you can only really get on a wedding, right? You, you don't really get that for a, a real estate video or even a commercial or something like sure. that. So, so that's why I really enjoy, enjoy the weddings. Plus a lot of people, you know, a lot of people congregate, they're dressed very nicely. Um, you usually get some great dance moves, usually fueled by a little bit of liquid courage, but you know, <laughs> th- there are a lot of things about weddings that, that are, that are, uh, nice, uh, for, for video. Sure. Uh, yeah, the reason I ask is is just because I wonder. I haven't shot any weddings, uh, just for reference, and I wonder. I mean, obviously, every wedding is going to be different. Like a barn wedding is going to be different from a beach wedding, from a church wedding, and right, all those kinds right. of things. But I, I wonder how do you, as a videographer who's there for these people that maybe you know probably don't like personally, uh, how do you make each wedding unique f- for your own? sanity or do 
is there just kind of a formula that that you follow for that kind of thing? Well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, both it can go different ways, right? So a lot of times a videographer will will reach out and, and be in contact with the bride and the groom months beforehand, right? So for this wedding that's in October, we've already reached out, we've finalized our pricing, we've finalized the deliverables, uh, we figured out exactly what the bride and the groom want. So in particular, they want um, like the shots of them getting you know dressed up and getting ready, and then there's going to be different different. Uh, locations where the photographer is going to take them out for like the candid pictures and and for a videographer i mean that's that's a great opportunity to get that really nice cinematic b-roll yeah and then of course there's all the rest of the things that they, they want in particular so so for in, in in most cases you're going to be in really close contact with the bride and the groom uh as far as like making them different a lot of times they the people who want the video for a wedding will have already watched a bunch of other wedding videos and they know exactly uh, what they want because they've seen other wedding videos, which means that you are kind of replicating uh, the usual, you know, what is usually done, which which kind of makes it difficult uh, as a videographer or as the person who's creating this video to make it unique. Uh, but, you know, you think it'd be more difficult than it is because weddings have different venues, right? They have, sometimes they do the ceremony in a church, sometimes they, and then they have the reception elsewhere. And so there's so many different factors and variables that change things up that, yes, if you watch a hundred wedding videos, they're probably going to look very similar, but most people don't watch a hundred wedding videos. So you're kind of safe in that category. Yeah. And I guess it it is, uh, you do get some leeway in that because the people who are watching the videos, uh, after they're done typically aren't just you know going on youtube or vimeo watching wedding videos it's going to be someone who is in the wedding uh or the like the family themselves uh just you know looking out for their friends or or you know this funny moment that happened or something like that exactly so so they're not paying attention to those finer details right right and that's kind of the nice part about wedding whereas you know for other type of video projects uh the people watching them are looking for instance real estate i'll talk about a real estate project later um and and like you want to nail everything perfectly uh for the real estate because you can do multiple takes right but for a wedding especially for like the first kiss and for the vows and stuff like that, you have to be on point, which means you have to have all the audio perfectly set up for those, for those vows. You have to have your shots perfect and, and on point when that first kiss happens, because I mean, they don't do a first kiss again, right? It's a first kiss. And so that's kind of the, the energizing part about the wedding video videography, because you know, if you miss it, you miss it, which means that, you just got it. You got to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or else, uh, you know, not many other people will hire you for, for wedding video. So there's sort of a thrill to that. Yeah. You just cut it out and hope they don't notice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's kind of a thrill to it, which is, uh, which is actually kind of fun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's interesting. Uh, that's something that I would probably be super nervous about shooting a wedding is, is not only, you know, the, you have one shot at this kind of mentality, right. but also just, trying not to be noticeable in in any way it's like i mean even as a person i try to blend into the background as much as possible (laughs) but when you're the only one actively moving around it's hard to you know stay in the shadows that's that's where i I would be nervous i i would say it's yeah yeah i would say it's it's even more stressful on top of the fact that if you're new to wedding videography 
and you don't have very much equipment, first of all, you're already stressed and anxious that you're going to get, you need to get these perfect shots, but you're probably also, you also lack, uh, you know, backup shots and other equipment. I know in previous episodes, we talk about, um, making sure that we are covering all of the, you know, recovering and making sure we have shots of everything. And so when you're just starting off and you've got one or two cameras, you got to hit those shots perfectly. But for most people, including you know myself, I, I wouldn't say I've got a, a whole bunch of, of cameras, but I do have. I would make sure to have an extra shot or an extra angle just in case that my camera battery dies or my camera uh, stops working or I don't have any enough room on the SD card. Just in case, uh, it's sort of that safety shot. So right. you know, when going into it, if you can get even a GoPro or something like that that you can set up as a safety shot, shot just in case. Usually, if you work were edit it well enough, um, you can kind of put that in there, and it's oh, it it makes you breathe a little easier when you're doing those uh, kind of important moments. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That that's also interesting because you know. That's pretty close to your wedding, right? Uh, yes, actually, yeah, it's very close. Uh, within the, within two weeks. Wow. Yeah, there there's a, a lot of weddings going on in October. That's for sure. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, probably more than usual because of all the you know delayed. Oh yeah. Weddings like like we have oh, yeah. friends who are supposed to be married in in October this past year, but then they delayed it to this October. To to the next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're 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 really hoping that the that the foliage comes out beautifully and that. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're really excited that a lot of people will be vaccinated and, uh, uh we're, we're hoping that, that we can pull this one off. Yeah. So yeah, that's sort of, uh, like a quick rundown of wedding videography, but that's, <laughs> sure. that's on my mind, right? Months out and that's on my mind and I'm starting to figure out exactly how I'm going to make this wedding a little different than the previous one we did at, at this site. But yeah. that's, um, project one for, uh, for, for my project therapy. Yeah. That's that's good. That's good to be mindful of all that and, and be planning ahead. I like that. Right now, you have a little different approach to the project therapy, but just primarily because uh, of the different projects that you get yourself into. Uh, <laughs> explain to me what you're working on and how far it is and, and what it's called, and you know everything from there. Yeah. So I've I've mentioned it like once or twice on this show before, but I'm working on this series called Loser. Uh, working title, but I think that's what's going to stick because I like the succinct names, at least in this case. The idea for this project it kind of came around about a year and a half ago. Uh, I watched on Netflix, there's this movie uh, called 50-50. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix anymore, but it starred Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. And I believe it's based off of uh, someone who Seth Rogen is friends with uh, and helped write the movie. Uh, but it's basically where JGL, uh, my boy, uh, gets cancer and 50-50 comes from the idea of, you know, 50% chance of survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of a comedy. Uh, obviously, there there are serious, you know, moments and dramatic scenes in it. But it, it takes a largely comedic viewpoint at someone whose life is turned upside down. Because they have cancer and they go into the chemo and, and dealing with all of that and family issues as well. Uh, and I really admired, you know, that take on it because it's not easy to make a cancer movie, a comedy. Right. But I thought they did pretty well. Uh, and so I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I feel like it could be interesting to do a similar uh, stance of doing a comedy about depression 
mm-hmm. or, you know, anxiety or just mental illness in general. Uh, and so I, I'm just, you know, the, the idea of loser is that I'm trying to do it as like six episodes that may never be shot, mm-hmm. but it's more of a thing that I just want to do as something that I have and can send PDFs to people at the very least. Right. Um, but the idea is that it's about someone who, you know, realizes that maybe he's depressed and, and his journey to seeking treatment, seeking medication or seeking therapy and, and things like that. Project therapy, mm-hmm. if you will. And so and so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm working on the first episode, uh, mm-hmm. scripting it out. I was kind of at a stalemate. I've, I've sent to you and a couple other people like drafts of the first 10 pages or so. Um, but it's just been kind of a slow journey because uh, writing about something as uh, visually hidden as depression is kind of oh, difficult yeah. because yeah. It, it it's so much about the ticks that people suffering depression might have or just, you know, minor tells about, you know, things that maybe other people don't see. But maybe the camera picks up on it's just it, it was hard for me to, you know, structure a series around that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I recently I, I have been making some, some progress, uh, especially in uh, how the first episode plays out. Uh, and so that's what I've been doing. I've been working on writing that. Uh, and it, it is it is kind of a good thing. It's similar to why men where it's nice to just like kind of get stuff out of my system, but I'm not quite there yet because it's six episodes right. and I'm like halfway through one. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's been interesting to to kind of work through that and, and script something that could, that is important uh, to acknowledge depression. And I can't think of anything that really has, not that I'm like a groundbreaker or anything, but nothing comes to mind mainstream at least that that you know deals with uh, depression in a comedic light. Um, right. So yeah, that that's been kind of uh, my main oh, thing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a big undertaking. Uh, I like I like how uh, you know you know how difficult it is to portray these sort of emotions and these um, well depression and anxiety and stuff like that uh you know that's difficult uh it's difficult for actors to portray it correctly right yeah uh, uh, so uh so i yeah i i'm just interested so you are almost done with one episode or a quarter of the way through the first um you said you were you were a quarter of the way or so yeah i i'm, a, I'm about half i have it all planned out it's just a matter of you know the perfecting it i guess in my mind as of i course. write it out of course now just from a sort of creative standpoint or a workflow standpoint, uh, I, I'm I'm interested in in the workflow standpoint. So I want to ask a few questions about that, and then we'll we'll talk about sort of some of the the details of the actual the show itself. Uh, but you say it's going to be six episodes. How much of those six episodes do you have uh, idea like stored in the back of your head that just aren't out on paper and and sort of formalized into something that's physical sure yeah so i actually have i've talked about my cork board that i have hanging up hanging above my desk right right and so what i have is i have a story circle mapped out for the first episode and then i have another note card just on the side of you know how i think each episode will be structurally uh just uh, to map out how the series will evolve um 
But that's kind of always changing in my mind because since I started working on episode one and it's been so long trying to get this thing down on paper, I, I keep changing my mind about, you know, what specific episodes should be based about and, and things like that. But I do have a couple things uh, that I have stored. Like, for example, I mean, this is far enough in advance where I feel like it's okay to say these things. I want one episode. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But yeah, I do have uh, a couple specific ideas in terms of I want one episode to be uh, about uh, going to therapy for the first time and confronting the existence of depression or anxiety or what have you for the first time, you know, to someone else, uh, which can be a tough thing. And I also so the the main character is a 20 something person who is a musician uh, and performs at weddings and is a uh, teaches, you know, gives lessons to other young kids and, and teenagers and things like we took trumpet and trombone lessons back in the day. Uh, and uh, they have a connection to this kid that they teach. And so I want one episode to be about, you know, the experience of teenagers with mental illness as they go through high school or middle school or whatever it is. Uh, and cause I mean, we've seen, you know, a lot of teen angst movies, right. but I, I just want to try to do something that, you know, puts it in a different spin while also not trying to trivialize, you know, this kind of thing. Right. Right. And so those are the, the kind of things that I have in mind for the future. Um, so yeah, I, I have some specific beats that I want to hit, but, uh, mm-hmm the 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 more intense specificity of the series is is kind of up in the air. Okay. And so just to further this thought, so when you write, you have four or five, you know, main idea points that could, you know, build into six episodes. How much uh does that sort of do those sort of evolve and how much can you expand on those to create uh storyline and plot for the, you know, continuing episode so when you're writing this first one how much of the second third fourth fifth episode is is being built right now sure yeah that's that's definitely something that i've been thinking about and part of the struggle of getting this first episode out is that i want it to be something where the main character is continuing to grow Mm -hmm. and not just kind of segments of this is something that happens with depression and this is something that happens with depression. I want it to be this evolving thing uh, of, you know, someone someone coming to terms with, you know, uh, their mental illness. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it, it is hard to kind of plan ahead for that kind of thing, uh, or it was at least. Uh, but once I, I started kind of seeing it as as that growth of someone it became easier for me to uh, look at the overall arc of the character and, and just try to see, okay, so this happens to him. So how does he react? And it's all about, you know, creating a, a living being uh, that reacts to the things that going on, that are going on around him uh, as opposed to the separate installments where nothing truly changes within him and things like that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really exciting. I've always been interested in how the development of you know multiple series and 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 the the storyline evolution from episode one, season one, all the way to 
you know, shows out there with 20, 20 episodes in each season and 17 seasons later. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is smaller, but it's really, really interesting. Sure. Yeah. It, it's been daunting, but yeah, it's, it's been fun to, you know, every now and again, just get that little, uh, motivation or just spark in my head of, oh, this right. is what happens. And then finally being yeah. able to move yeah. further, even if it's, you know, just a page or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what yeah. do you call that moment just for other creatives out there? Cause it happens to all of us and it happens randomly throughout the day. What, what do you call that moment when all of a sudden something clicks? Uh, I don't know. I used to, cause I don't know either. Ba- back in, uh, it was like towards the end of high school. I mentioned that I, I had, uh, like a couple friends and I would try to write sketches or come up with right. ideas for sketches. I had a Google Doc that I added all of us to called the Brainbow, as opposed Ooh. to Brainstorm. So maybe that's what that I is. Like the that. Brainstorm I, is I like trying that. to think of the idea, and the Brainbow yes. is actually wow. getting there. And what's at the end of the Brainbow? The project. Oh, I was going to say the guy from Lucky Charms, but yeah, the project. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During our break, we just wanted to thank everyone for their support and kind words since we started this podcast. We've been having a lot of fun putting it together, and it makes it that much better when we hear from you. And that's why we want to encourage you again to keep interacting with us through our email, askwtd at gmail.com. If you have any topic suggestions or questions for us, just send them in and we'll answer and shout you out on the show. Once again, that email is askwtd at gmail.com. Anyways, let's get back to it. So yeah, that that's been the the main project that's been occupying my brain space uh, recently. What's your uh, second project? So let's see. The second project I have coming up uh, actually is a real estate video uh, for a college uh, housing um, community, mm. and uh, I don't know much information about it, but I can I can sort of speak to what's going on in my. Um, my, my brainstorming session, not, not, we're not at the brain bow session uh, <laughs> part yet. Uh, but, um, so for, for college housing, so, um, we're looking at probably a model unit and in that model unit, we're going to be trying to showcase all of the things that the college students will, you know, get, uh, just like any real estate video, except for this, we're trying to, uh, make these units look better than all of the other competition. Right. So, so the college students are probably competing against, um, or the, the real estate place is probably competing against housing on campus, as well as all the other housing developments and all the other communities that are out there. So, so real estate video for this is going to showcase every single amenity and something that is going to make this place shine. And so that's sort of the forefront thought uh, going into a project like this. And a lot of times we, you know, we're not twisting the truth. We're not making things, you know, it's video, so it's visual. It's a very visual thing. Mm. And the purpose of the video is to bring the person in for an in-person tour, if possible, right? Sure. And so we're not making things look different on the video because usually the person's going to come in in person and see the tour themselves, but we try to make it look as best as possible. So for instance, a lot of this is actually just bringing our own lights to make the rooms brighter so that we can get good 
video and we talk about equipment and stuff and lights are a big piece of that. So bringing in lights and making it look better. Um, also rearranging things in the model rooms to allow, you know, light to bounce off certain things or to, to make things look cozy, you know? So, so there's a lot of prep work that goes into these model units and that's what allows us to sort of show this little storyline of what it would look like if you lived in, you know, one of these college town places. So that's sort of like the basic meat and potatoes of the real estate stuff for this project. But I have a lot of thoughts going through my head of how can we make this look different than previous videos that we've done. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, my time as a tour guide in college and just, you know, how we had a room that we would show to prospective students uh, that was decorated uh, to show this is what one of our dorms looks like. And then, uh, you know, there's not much you can do to distinguish it from other dorm rooms because it's a it's a dorm room. You know, there's two beds and a closet. (laughs) And so I'm I'm curious how uh, that process of trying to differentiate it uh, has been for you. Right. Well, yeah, and it comes down to, you know, if if the room itself isn't all that great, what are things that we can highlight uh, that allow the room to not be the standout point of the video, right? So so maybe we, we, uh, we don't have a great shooting location. Maybe it doesn't get a lot of light. Maybe we can't do anything to really fix the shots. Maybe we get an awesome voiceover that's able to explain things more in detail than what the video can actually show. And in pairing the two together really will allow for the amenities that can't be shown in the video but can come through on the voiceover to really shine. And so there are a variety of different ways that we can actually make the videos work well for the client and work well as an informative video and a marketing tool uh, to get certain uh, certain clientele or certain you know people that they want to live in those units uh, to attract them to it. And so, yeah, I mean, these videos are probably going to look the same. There's different types of approaches. It depends on the audience we're looking for. It also depends on where the the, play, uh, the video is going to be uh, housed. So is it an Instagram post uh, on a reel or is it a Facebook post video? Is it a YouTube video or is it living on a website? So these are all things that we've got to think about um, and and will actually change how the video is you know shot, edited, and produced. Yeah, that's interesting. That That's also something... Uh, I mean, I kind of think of the bit in Wyman where we shot in our house and just kind of how you maneuver around that space and make it unique. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's interesting. That's kind of a, a conundrum because well, and, and, unless it's, and, unless yes, it's like it a multi-million dollar mansion, it, it's a house. You right. Know? <laughs> right. 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 It's, it's a house. And usually people uh, are living in it, but also like uh, for houses, there are windows everywhere usually and windows are reflective. And what's a number one rule that you don't want, right. you don't want to break that barrier. And, and if you're in the reflection of the window, that's very unprofessional. Uh, and so you yeah. got to keep the, the windows, anything reflective in mind. You, you, you have to keep of uh, noises. Usually a lot of these units have um, like AC units or fans or stuff going on that that extra noise into the video man, it makes all the difference when you, when you think about all these things. Um, yeah. So like for, for the Y men, uh, a lot of these things that we had to think about were, you know, this isn't a big house, but how are we going to get the boom, the boom pull out of the shot, but how are we going to get good audio? How are we going to maneuver around to get the emotional shots of the, the characters? Because if I'm, if I recall correctly, there was one scene, uh, where there was, a, there's a fight, uh, and not a physical fight, but a yelling emotional fight, 
uh, between um, Xander and Grace, right? And yeah. we wanted to get multiple angles, but do it kind of as a one-shot sequence. It wasn't. It was like one shot, and so we were on the gimbal, and we had the mic with the boom pole, and it's maneuvering around, trying not to get reflection of yourself or the audio people uh, in the window, but yeah. also capturing the best uh, sound and pictures uh, or video for for the the emotional sequence of the video of of the movie, right? Yeah, that kind of stuff is deceptively complex. Who knows how HGTV does it? Yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> so, and, and the other, the other part about this is that uh, for 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 real estate and other other types of videos is you can do multiple multiple takes, right? You could you see you, you you see plenty of things that go wrong, and that's why it's always great to you know take the shot and then take a second to look back on an external monitor if you get the opportunity and really watch the shot to make sure it's nice and smooth. There's nothing else in the shot. And especially if you're lighting the rooms for real estate, if you're lighting the rooms, make sure you don't get your uh, your light in the shot. Uh, it, it looks very unprofessional. So yeah. these are things that I have done and I've gone back to edit and realized, whoa, my big, my big video light is in the shot and uh, can't use it anymore. So I'll have to go back and reshoot. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's coming up on the radar. Um, Jacob, I think yes. you have a special surprise for me for your project too. I, I want to hear about it. Yeah. So this is something that is super, super, super early conceptual kind of thing. Uh, so I professed my love for the show WandaVision uh, a few weeks back. Oh, here we go again. And, <laughs> and so uh, that kind of show where it's just the the constant mystery throughout the series runtime of, you know, wondering what's actually going on. There's something deeper behind the surface that you're trying to, you're always guessing at and people are theorizing what's going on. And there are other shows and movies like that. Lost is a big one that comes to mind Mm -hmm. Uh, as a separate point. There's a few weeks ago, I was on a call with uh, our good friends, Owen and Sam we were just doing a, a catch-up call, and we were the ones who can make it. Uh, and I forget how we got on the topic, but we were talking about Hallmark movies. Mm. Uh, and for some reason, that led me to look up how you become a writer at, for Hallmark movies. And I found a couple interesting articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, one on the Hallmark Channel website itself about... Uh, you know, sending manuscripts for books, for novels to Hallmark uh, that sets all of these rules about what they publish and what they're looking for, you know, with we're looking for seasonal themes and uh, we want this kind of romance, but we don't want romantic suspense and all these, you know, interesting guidelines that they have for their books. And I also found another article from Entertainment Weekly that is an anonymous interview with two people who write Hallmark movies. Uh, It's called What It's Really Like to Write Made-for-TV Hallmark Movies. And they just give all of this interesting behind-the-scenes stuff about, you know, what they can and can't include in their scripts. Uh And so I'm at first I thought, wow, it'd be so fun to either try to write the best possible script I can following those guidelines or try to do a thing parodying uh, that kind of movie. Um, But then I thought of another idea, which is where WandaVision comes in. So with 
Hallmark movies, you think of the Christmas movies where it's the same thing, you know, just with different characters. Right. Yeah. It's it's the it's the guy who is working in gray New York City as a businessman and then goes uh, to this rural town and then falls in love there. And it's Christmas and mm-hmm. it's always around a Christmas store and things like that. Uh, and obviously, you know, the purpose for those movies is to just be holiday comfort food. Right. Mm, right. Uh, but I was thinking, I, I liked the idea of, of WandaVision. I was like, man, I want to be able to think of something that has that, you know, level of intrigue and mystery. And then I thought about what if we did a mystery, weird Hallmark suspense movie <laughs> where it is the guy who uh-huh. goes to the hometown or goes to the rural town or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like everything seems so cheery and holiday esque and beautiful, but then things slowly start to unravel mm-hmm. and there's like some mysterious suspense going on around there. Uh, and so part of my struggle is, is using this idea. I had so many different avenues to go down. Mm-hmm. Of either trying to do the best Hallmark movie I could, or doing a parody, or doing this mystery idea. Mm. And I'm curious what you think. I I kind of want to do the mystery Hallmark thing, yeah. But it's just the tricky level of uh, you know, trying not to be. I want it to be an actual suspense thing and not a parody suspense. You right, know, right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. And and most of that actually, I think, comes down to the quality of acting available. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Which yeah. makes all the difference. But uh yeah, I, I, I agree with you, uh, in in that you should choose to do the um the suspenseful one because I think there are there are enough uh Hallmark videos out there that we don't need a uh, sort of indie take on it <laughs> uh <laughs> from your side. Uh, the second part sure. is I think the challenge of the one that you're going to do or you're, the one you're asking about doing the sort of suspenseful one, the challenge of that is how do you not give it away too early? Like how far in a, in an hour and a half Hallmark movie can you get before things really change? And what is that change? Right. Like what is that? And, and how can you build up to that using – what are these terms? Mise-en-scene? How can you build up to that using different <laughs> different little things that are actually shown? Because that's the difference in, in a good film, at least for me, is that from start to finish, at least from the start until sort of the climax or, or that, that area in the film where we realize something's wrong or something goes down, there have been clues laid throughout. Right. And that comes from yeah. the writing and the, and the acting. But no, this is exciting and it is going to be very tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Part of uh, the thing when I have an idea, it's always hard for me to decide whether it should be a series or a movie. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and and I think of WandaVision, like I've been saying thousands of times for the past few months, where <laughs> I... You know, I, I'll talk about the first episode and no spoilers, of course. But so going into WandaVision, you have these two characters from the Avengers movies where at the end of Avengers Endgame, spoilers, but also that was two years ago, uh, <laughs> you know, Vision is dead. And he's somehow back here. And the first episode is in this 50s uh, I Love Lucy aesthetic. and But they don't acknowledge it. 
right? It's just mm-hmm. it's just a '50s sitcom until one moment, and it you know the their ability to pace that throughout the series is so impressive and so that would make me want to go towards a series but i also think for the kind of thing where it seems like a hallmark movie but then slowly disintegrates into this suspenseful thriller kind of thing Mm -hmm. i think it would be important to not pretend that it's a hallmark movie for too long right 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 like if it was a, I, I wouldn't want to do two or three episodes of a series where it seems like a Hallmark movie. And so that's why I right. think it, it uh, a feature length script as a movie would, might be the way to go. But it is something that I always struggle with. Yeah, no, this is this is a uh, this is exciting, but it's also quite the difficult journey you're on with all these other projects going on. But I think you need to uh, continue to brainstorm continue to work and flesh out the idea and then when the holiday season comes around again this year sort of try to try to get maybe it might help if you start to really hone in on some of those ideas and in the holiday season you can get that sort of hallmark feel going oh yeah and then right after the holiday season Right when January 2nd hits, January 3rd, because January 2nd is a very special day for me, a.k.a. my birthday, but (laughs) January 3rd is after the holiday season and it's New Year's and everything, and then all of a sudden that the crash comes, that's when you're going to get that, like, hone in on, on like, oh, from now until April is just gray, muddy Cleveland weather, (laughs) and this is where we're going to get the good stuff. I don't like that shot at Cleveland, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a <some> method writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah I'll keep I'll keep you in the loop and yeah. the viewers as as we return to this uh to this, this podcast the segment where yeah. people don't see uh, us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's that's my other one. Yeah. That's awesome. So we have several projects uh and I Hopefully the next time we do a project therapy session two, we could probably talk about how these projects are going, kind of the changes that we've gone through these projects. And if we've actually finished some of them, I I feel at least for me, I'll probably have some that are wrapped up. But since yours are sort of ongoing, uh, we may hear some changes in sort of different directions uh, potentially in the the next session. So, yeah. And and maybe some new projects. I I got more on my board. Awesome. Awesome. That cork (laughs) board is, is good for you. Yeah. It's a good visual reminder of where I am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Nate. Should we do some definitely not procrastinating? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, let's go for it. Mine is a little a little different, and maybe it is a uh, maybe it's a cop out. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, <laughs> um, so it was Easter weekend this this past weekend, and uh, I went to church with my father. And and in case you're wondering, yes, it was it was socially distanced, and we all had masks on and stuff. And and this this plays into it. So they they usually do the Hallelujah chorus when uh the in the in the Messiah, right? So it's this big choral thing, yep. and uh, and that's usually when the service ends. But of course, we can't sing in church uh, because of COVID. And so what did the um uh, the music director at the church do? Well countless hours of filming and actually video editing this music director took um i don't know maybe it was 30 plus singers doing the hallelujah chorus individually 
and put them on the screen. So there are 30 some wow. uh, people in their separate boxes uh, from a previously recorded doing their part. Right. And uh, my father was one of the singers and, uh, and, and we sat through, I don't know, it was probably five to eight minutes of, of that song. And it's just a, it's a, beautiful and like emotional and super high energy song and uh i wasn't procrastinating because i was sitting in church you know listening to it but (laughs) but it certainly shows off uh the impact that music has even in the most difficult times that you know uh we couldn't have a chorus so here somebody stepped up and video videotape them and put them together so that we could enjoy something that's so special to that community uh, that's happened every year for for a very long time. So, so that was that was mine. That's cool. That yeah, uh, we we definitely saw a lot of that kind of thing last year when the pandemic started, and you know, like the Juniata Choir concerts canceled, and and you know, all those kinds of things where you know you saw the outpouring of of support. Right. But this is a cool, tangible reflection of that community uh, yeah. that you're able to do, even though you can't sing, which, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Okay. Well, this is a difficult transition from that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to pick up this thing. I have a book this week that Ooh. I've had for a while, uh, but I've just been picking away at it briefly uh-huh. um, every now and again. And I'm going to try to be a little... See, it's hard to talk about this because I might sound like a psycho. So this book is called Last Words of Notable People. <laughs> okay, and so go on. it's literally... It is compiled by William B. Brahms. I have it here in my lap. Uh-huh. It is a, uh, about 650 pages. What? Of uh, just an encyclopedia, like a dictionary uh-huh. of famous figures' last words. And the context around them, and it's just fascinating to me for yeah. some reason. Like it, it just—it's cool to see. You know, like some of them are sad. Right. Some of them are, you know, boring last words. Right. Uh, some of them are, you know, endearing and funny. So there's there's a writer named Oscar Wilde who often would be quoted as having the last words of, "It's the wallpaper or me. One of us have to go." And that actually ends up being false because what this writer did is they, they, he compiled, you know, all of the known last words for these people, or if there are different interpretations and things like that, and just wrote out, you know, who they are, what their significance was to society and, uh, the context of their last words and the Oscar Wilde last words, he actually says, but he did not die uttering a witty remark. In 1900, he developed an ear abscess. He had surgery, but the infection spread, causing swelling of his brain. He grew delirious during November. By the end of the month, his friends who were with him heard only a grinding sound coming from his throat. He died on November 30th without speaking. Which is pretty dark for, you know, these false last words that were being (laughs) spread around as this witty remark. But it's just so interesting to me for some reason. You know, just... Yeah. What these... Saying what these people accomplished and who they were and then just you know how their life culminated in that sense i don't know i probably still sound like a psycho but it's just something that's so interesting to me i i I, uh, that sounds very interesting and and i wouldn't call you a psycho i would i would 
I wouldn't call anyone a psycho, but we should probably look into the author who somehow was able to find all these people or find the last words and compile them. But it is fascinating. It's just the one downside to that is that am I going to remember this person for their very last sentence they said and not their entire lived life? Uh, But that's just something else that that's (laughs) (laughs) sure. Right, right. Right. It's just something that I would think about. But that's awesome. Uh, What is that book called, called again? It's called Last Words of Notable People compiled by William B. Brahms. Uh, do you want me to, do you want me to look up someone? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a figure in mind who you want to know the last words for? I don't know who who was all in that book, so just give us a random a random person. Uh Ooh, I see the name Frost on here. Let's look up oh, Robert Frost. Let's go for it. Robert Lee Frost, American poet, won four Pulitzer prizes, participated in the inaugural ceremony for President John F. Kennedy in 1961 by reading The Gift Outright, written for the occasion. Uh, died at the age of 88 for of pulmonary embolism in Boston. Last words, I feel as though I were in my last hours. Okay, so that's an example of one that's just kind of sad. Yeah, how do we know <laughs> that that's not the truth? How do we know it wasn't just like, well, I guess it's now or never. Sure. <laughs> but, but he does note, like, you know, if the last words are questionable oh, in terms okay. of source okay. or okay. or things like that. Wow. So. That's actually that's a uh, that's fascinating. I kind I kind of like that. I'm glad you brought that up. I probably would never gravitate towards that, but I think I have to now. I got to start thinking what my last words are going to be. Yeah, it, it is. It's just an interesting thing to just like you know spend five minutes flipping through the bees oh, yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going from a beautiful hallelujah chorus to death. <laughs> I love it. All right, Jacob, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me at the Jacob Novak on Twitter. And you, Nate? At Nate Ulrich 16. Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.